Amen. God bless you this morning. If you have your Bibles, would you open up to the book of Genesis, chapter 35? It's wonderful to be in the presence of the Lord on this Sunday morning. You know, some take Sunday mornings to rest in. We take Sunday mornings to press in. Amen. Genesis 35, beginning at verse 16. Then they journeyed from Bethel, and when there was but a little distance to go to Ephrath, Rachel labored in childbirth, and she had hard labor. Now it came to pass when she was in hard labor that the midwife said to her, Do not fear, you will have this son also. And so it was, as her soul was departing, for she died, that she called his name Benoni, but his father called him Benjamin. Jacob and Rachel, a child was conceived, a child was carried, and a child was born. Conception, the season of development and the time of birth. Hard labor can have its way with us. And I trust we can hear the Spirit of the Lord today. Rachel was with child. She had conceived and had carried this child through the months that are customary. I'm sure she was overjoyed at the conception, full of joy, excitement. I'm sure there was excitement and anticipation along the way, though there was the obvious fatigue and physical demand on the body. What a joy to carry a child. I'm sure there was much praying and much planning and searching for a name. And here the moment has come for her to give birth. The text, Rachel labored in childbirth, and she had hard labor. Now it came to pass when she was in hard labor that the midwife said to her, Do not fear, for you will have this son also. And so it was, as her soul was departing, for she died, that she called his name Benoni. The son of my sorrow. What a name to give a child. Is this the name she had picked out? Is this the name she had in her heart? Is this the name she had prayed over the child? Is this the name she thought fitting for the child? Is this the name she wanted upon the child? 
Hard labor can have its way with us. Now it does seem as though the circumstances surrounding birth in these times did factor into the naming of the child. Think of Jacob and Esau. Genesis 25, verses 24 to 26, when, when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb, and the first came out red all over it, like a hairy garment. And they called his name Esau. And after that came his brother out, and his hand took hold on Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was threescore years old when she bare them. Jacob, surplanter, or one that takes by the heel. Back to our main text. Rachel labored in childbirth, and she had hard labor. Now it came to pass when she was in hard labor that the midwife said to her, Do not fear. You will have this son also. And so it was as her soul was departing, for she died, that she called his name Benoni. But his father called him Benjamin. Benoni, the son of my sorrow. Benjamin. The son of the right hand. <laughs> you see, Rachel called him what she did, and Jacob, something better, a better name. There is a tendency to name and label things based on our physical encounter in line with the body and the flesh. And so she did. And a better word, a better name needed to come upon the child. You see, the reality is that what she felt was real. What she was going through was real. What was happening to her was real. Yet despite this, what was being birthed into the earth didn't deserve the name she gave it. It needed a name that would carry the destiny of God. I think of Jabez. Many of us know his prayer. The meaning of the name given to him and the circumstances that led to his naming. First Chronicles 4, verses 9 and 10. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. And what does the Bible say? The Bible says God granted him what he requested. Jabez, he will cause pain. 
What a name to put on a child. Is there a pregnant mother in the house today? Jabez knew the name, and there is no doubt that he felt the name, and he had to bear the name, and he had to carry the name, and he had to live with that name and live out that name, and yet he knew there was a higher way, and so he prayed and cried out to God. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested, the effective, fervent prayer. When you give something a name, it can affect its function. It can affect its expression, its manner and mode. Think of the man Simon, a reed. And Jesus said, called a reed no longer, you shall, you shall be called Peter, a rock. Blown about to steadfast. Easily influenced to immovable. Subject to external forces to unshakable. Jesus said, I read no longer. I wonder if there is anyone here today when the circumstances surrounding the birth have caused you to put a name upon that which has been born that is not up to the standard of the Lord. Perhaps there's been pain in soul, a name that fits. Or was it hard labor that caused you to utter the name, the son of my sorrow? Can you hear the Spirit of the Lord today? People put names on us. We know it's true. People put names on us, and yet there is a higher name from the Most High available to us. And we know that the Lord is faithful to give unto us this new name, a better name. But I wonder this morning, what about the names we speak out and declare and place? I wonder if there is anything that has been birthed that needed and deserved a better name and the name that it is carrying is a result of what we felt in the natural. If it hadn't hit so hard, flesh and frame, would we have put a name on it that had the life of God in it? The New King James Version, she called his name Benoni, but his father called him Benjamin. I want to share with you this morning the words of Charles Spurgeon. 
to a great extent, we find that we must sow in tears before we can reap in joy. Many of our works for Christ have cost us tears, difficulties, and disappointments have wrung our soul with anguish. Yet those projects that have cost us more than ordinary sorrow have often turned out to be the most honorable of our undertakings. While our grief called the offspring of desire, Benoni, the son of my sorrow, our faith has been afterwards able to give it a name of delight, Benjamin, the son of my right hand. You may expect a blessing in serving God if you are enabled to persevere under many discouragements. The ship is often long coming home because detained on the road by excess of cargo. Expect her freight to be the better when she reaches the port. More honorable than his brethren was the child whom his mother bore with sorrow. As for this Jabez, whose aim was so well pointed, his frame so far sounded, his name so lastingly embalmed, he was a man of prayer. The honor he enjoyed would not have been worth having if it had not been vigorously contested and equitably won. His devotion was the key to his promotion. Those are the best honors that come from God, the award of grace with the acknowledgement of service. He continues, when Jacob was surnamed Israel, he received his princedom after a memorable night of prayer. Surely it was far more honorable to him than if it had been bestowed upon him as a flattering distinction by some earthly emperor. The best honor is that which a man gains in communion with the Most High. Jabez, we are told, was more honorable than his brethren, and his prayer is forthwith recorded as if to intimate that he was also more prayerful than his brethren. We are told of what petitions his prayer consisted all through, it was very significant and instructive. We have only time to take one clause of it. Indeed, that one clause may be said to comprehend the rest. Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed. I commend it as a prayer for yourselves, dear brethren and sisters one which will be available at all seasons, a prayer to begin Christian life with, a prayer to end it with, a prayer which would never be unseasonable in your joys or in your sorrows. I love those words. While our grief called the offspring of desire, Benoni, the son of my sorrow, our faith has been afterwards able to give it a name of delight. Benjamin, 
the son of my right hand. I believe the word of the Lord to many here today. Faith can give a new name. Faith can place a new name today to replace the name and overshadow the name and outshine the name that grief called the offspring. And so I wonder, we're here today. Is it a name that has been given to us? And it's affected us? And is affecting us? Like Jabez, cry out. Like Jabez, seek the Lord. Call upon the Lord, hold to honor. Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. It truly is a prayer available at all seasons, a prayer to begin Christian life with, a prayer to end it with, a prayer which would never be unseasonable in our joys or in our sorrows. Are we like Simon? A name has been placed upon us. We take a look at our manner, our function in this life, and the name tells the tale of who we are and how life has been. Blown about easily influenced, subject to external forces, a reed, a reed in the kingdom, blown about, easily influenced, subject to external forces. Think about it. A reed in the kingdom, one that should be full of faith, but we look at our faith life and blown about. Easily influenced. All the time subject to external forces. Call on the name of the Lord. Get close to Jesus. Follow Jesus and let him put a new name upon you, a better name. Jesus said, called a reed no longer, you shall be Peter, a rock. Is there a Simon in the house today? And you look at your life, and that's truly the name that's upon you. Blown about, easily influenced, subject to external forces. And what God is saying, I want to make you into Peter, a rock, one that is steadfast and immovable, unshakable. I want to make you Peter. Why? Because I'm looking for people who I can entrust the keys of the kingdom to. You're a reed, but the Lord is here today to declare a new name over your life, Peter, one who the Lord can build his church upon. 
one against whom the gates of hell will not prevail. And though weapons be formed against you, they form, they shall not prosper. The question today is, will you receive the new name? Or will you continue to live as Simon? I'm Simon. I've always been Simon. That's the name I was given. Thank you, Jesus, for this new name, Peter, but it's a little beyond me. We can't reason how he could turn us into one like that when we look back at the past and our whole past has been blown about, easily influenced, subject to external forces. We may have come in here this morning, and right before we came in those doors, that's the reality of our life. We've come to church, we've been in the kingdom, and we're wondering why things aren't working out. We're blown about, we're easily influenced, we're subject to external forces. We've got to receive the new name of the Lord and begin to walk in accordance with that name. We need to declare the name of the Lord upon our life. Now, did Peter struggle after that point? Sure he did. But he needed to see that name. He needed to hear that name. You know, I'd like, like to hear about his prayer life. I wish I could read his prayer life. How many times was he on his face saying, Lord, get the Simon out of me. Get the Peter into me. Get the Peter into me. And though he struggled, and though there was times when, wow, I can't believe I reacted like that, blowing about again. I'm the old Simon. The name didn't change that Jesus declared over him. Just because he struggled or had a moment or a short season, the name didn't change that was declared upon his life. And I wonder how many times he was on his knees and he heard the Spirit of the Lord or perhaps Jesus walked up next to him and just tapped him on the back and said, come on, Peter, you're a rock. Are we Rachel? And in our grief, we've called the offspring of desire the son of my sorrow. Maybe it's a dream that God's given us. It could be many things. Conception, we've carried it for the season of development. But man, it's been hard labor. The time has come, we're excited, hard labor. It's hitting real hard. Flesh and frame. The flesh is at war with the spirit. It's hitting real hard, flesh and frame, and therefore, we put a name on it. It speaks to how we feel in the natural. This happens often. What would the Spirit of the Lord say? 
Spirit of the Lord would say, rise up in faith and quickly, for faith is able to give it a name of delight. Benjamin, the son of the right hand. I wonder how quickly the father stepped in. Whoa. That's not the name that's going on this son. That's not the name. That's not going to carry the future for God. You've placed this name. We've got to get a new name on this real quick. Because imagine what would have happened if that little boy started to grow and the father didn't step in until way later. Perhaps that first name placed upon his life would have altered the course, would have affected him. Proverbs 18, verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Passion Translation, your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life. Ah, sticks and stones will break my bones. Names will never hurt me. What a lie that is. The voice, words have power in matters of life and death. How's our confession? How's our declaring over things? How's our naming things that are being birthed? And you say, well, hey, everything that's birthed in my life, even though it's hard labor, I'm naming it right. Well, what about your brother and sister? Walking around putting the wrong name on things. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. We can have the worship team return this morning. Do you know Jesus? You've come into this place this morning, maybe for the first time. Circumstance, situation has brought you here. Struggle, trial, hardship, hard labor. And you've come into the house of the Lord. Perhaps you don't know Jesus. Well, our only hope is Jesus. And to come to Jesus. There's a portion of Scripture, it's not on the screen, Hebrews 12, verses 23 and 24, reading from the NIV. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than that of Abel. The NLT, you have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people, and to the sprinkled blood which speaks of forgiveness instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. Can we hear what's being said here? Come to Jesus. Only the blood of Jesus can wash us and cleanse us and set things right with God. And the blood of Jesus speaks 
a better word, the living Bible, Jesus himself, who has brought, brought us his wonderful new agreement and to the sprinkled blood which graciously forgives instead of crying out for vengeance as the blood of Abel did. Listen, we are sinners in need of a Savior. Without a better name, without the better word that Jesus gives, we remain outside the grace of God. These are the days of His grace. We are living in the days of His grace. The blood of man cries vengeance. The blood of Christ cries forgiveness for now. And that's why we must receive Him now, for His blood won't always cry forgiveness. Do you know Jesus? He gave his life for you, that you might have life, that you might be reconciled unto the Father, unto God. Outside of Christ, we are dead in our trespasses and sins. Every single one of us, no matter who we are, have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I don't care. You look at your life and say it's been pretty squeaky clean. No. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Our only hope is Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And you say, how, how could he ever fix my life? How could he change my existence? How could he make a difference? I promise you, if you truly surrender and you truly open up your life and you hold nothing back and you say, Lord, I'm yours, lead me and teach me, and you begin to cry out, come, O oh Lord, and change my life. Come and make me a follower. I want to be a disciple of Jesus. And you begin to get close to Jesus. I promise you, it will make all the difference. Your life will never be the same again. You will be changed and transformed. And you'll look back and say, I can't believe who I was. I can't believe that I thought that was living. I thought that was life. I thought I had a good name. But I look at my life before Christ, son of sorrow. I had a name on me like Jabez. I look at me before Christ. I was Simon. No matter how hard I tried, blown about, easily influenced, subject to external forces, you know, the reality in the kingdom right now is there are many Christians facing many things. In fact, we all are. We've come through a season. We're going to go into other seasons. 
There's more tests and trials and proving of our faith. Faith proved is worth more than gold. God's going to work on us. He's trying to beautify us and sanctify us. But right now, there are many that sadly are blown about. There are many right now that are easily influenced, and sometimes when you speak with them, it's, it's shocking. It's shocking. Blown about. Blown about. I'm not talking about by winds of doctrine. I'm just talking blown about. Here they are this Sunday. Here they are the next. No, they can't even make it to Sunday. Tuesday night, they're over here. Wednesday, just blown about. Easily influenced, and it's shocking. And right now, they're subject to external forces. God wants us to be subject to an internal force. And that is Jesus Christ. That is the Spirit of God. That that's what governs our life. What else? External force? But doesn't it become an internal force? When you begin to read it, you take it in, and it changes your life. It makes you immovable, unshakable. You're not subject to external forces. You don't care about the news report. You don't care about somebody else's report. None of that matters. Hard labor doesn't matter, all the things you're facing. Whatever your flesh is feeling, whatever the natural physical frame is feeling, though things in this life hit hard. They hit hard. They hit hard. I'm just thinking right now about Joseph, you know, his brothers. <laughs> he goes to his family. He's got a dream of God. Conception. And he's going to carry this dream and the development, and he's so excited. And his brothers want to kill him because of jealousy, envy. They didn't understand. They said, we'll kill the dreamer. Get rid of the dreamer and his dreams. What'd they do? Well, they wanted to kill him. But I guess they somewhat reasoned and threw him in a pit. <laughs> and then they thought, hey, let's just sell him into slavery. You don't think that's called hard conception, hard development, hard labor? Well, what does it say? God was with him all the way. God was with him when he had nobody. You think about it right now. If you were stripped away from all that you knew, from the people you loved, the people that put a name upon your life, Joseph, and it was a good name. And here you are, all alone, rejected, in a foreign land. And just as it looks like everything's good, setback. God was still working on the man. God was still working things out. You see, we always can't understand, but God sees from up here. We can only see what's right in front of us. And it wasn't time yet for Joseph in Egypt, but God had the time. Remember when he interpreted the dreams in the jail? Surely I'm out of here. Well, a couple more years. Hard labor. Look at how gracious Joseph was. God had worked on the men's life. Wow, he worked on the men's life. God was with them all the way through. Wherever Joseph went, guess what happened? Prosper. 
prosper, prosper, prosper. Prosper as a slave, prosper as a prisoner. You just got to keep claiming the word of God over your life and the name that God's put on your life. Can you imagine if he went in there and he I'm not a Joseph. Impossible. But because that man stood the test of time and trusted in the Lord, leaned not on his own understanding, but in all his ways acknowledged him. God used him. My did God use him as a little less Savior. Let's stand in the house today. Lord, I just pray for all of us here. Lord, we may be in this house and we're living the better name and we're claiming the better name. And Lord, I pray that we would continue to declare the name that you've put on us. But Lord, if we're here this morning and there's been a name put on us, whether we're saved or not, in this moment, Lord, there's been a name put upon us. And it's affected us. It's not only affected us in the past, it's affecting us today. It may be affecting us right now as we're in this house. Lord, whether we're like Simon, and here we are, you're calling us, and you're close to us, and you're declaring a new name upon our life, or whether we're Jabez in the house today, and we need to get on our knees and start to cry out, some fervent prayer, Lord, crying out that this name would not rule our lives and our living. But, Lord, that you'd put a better name upon us. Lord, I pray for all of us here today. God, when there's conception and there's the season of development, and, Lord, there's the excitement and there is the fatigue. But God, I pray that when it comes time to give birth to these things into the earth that you've called us to give birth to, Lord, and that you're desiring to birth into the earth, I pray, Lord, that just because it's hard labor and just because our frame and our flesh is sometimes hit so hard, I pray that we would continue to place the name upon these things, Lord, that you would have placed upon them, that they would carry the destiny of God. All for your glory, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Why don't we just take a few moments? The team's going to begin to lead.